Hello and welcome to Inside Maine. This is Angus King, and today we're going to be talking about a subject that is of concern to virtually every person in Maine, and that is the high cost of prescription drugs. Whether you're a senior, uh, whether you're a parent with uh, medicine for your kids, uh, whether you have some uh, chronic condition that requires uh, continuous uh, prescription drugs, the high cost, the soaring cost of prescription drugs is a is just one of the most important issues that we face. We're going to look at two aspects of the problem uh, in this uh, in this broadcast. One is how do people get control of the prices of drugs today? And secondly, later on, we're going to talk about what policies can we do to lower these prices uh, nationwide uh, for everyone. Our first guest is Sarah Jones. Sarah is the program coordinator and supervisor at a program called Med Access, which is part of uh, Maine Health uh, in Portland, well, uh, Southern Maine generally. And uh, Sarah's job is helping patients access low-cost or free prescription medications under the existing rules. Uh, even if they're already covered through insurance, uh, this uh, program, Med Access, helps people to find the most cost-effective option. Sarah, uh, give me a success story. Let's start out with uh, what the program can do for somebody, a before and after, if you will? Sure. Well, just to clear something off right, up right away, um, we are a statewide program. So we have offices in seven counties oh, uh, okay. where people can have in-person help. So we're in York County, Cumberland, Oxford, Franklin, Lincoln, Knox, and Waldo. But if you don't live in one of those counties, you can still give us a call, and we can do everything over the phone and through the mail. Great. Yeah, so um, the way we work is when somebody calls in, we do a comprehensive screening to see if the person is eligible for any kind of insurance, if they're eligible for a main care category, marketplace insurance, VA, Medicare. And if they are not, then we look at programs to help them access affordable medication, whether that be education on $4 generics, uh, coupons or vouchers, or enrolling them in the free drug programs. Well, give me a case study. Give me an, an, uh, an example of somebody that would have paid X and under the program and the guidance you've provided is paying a lot less than X. Sure. So the majority of people we see are on critical life-saving medication. Uh, a big one that comes to mind is insulin or diabetes medication. So we get referrals uh, a lot of times from the doctor's office where somebody is newly diagnosed uh, with diabetes and they are now on insulin that costs 1000 to $2,000 a month, not to mention their meter and strips and lancets, um, and they get referred to us. And we can oftentimes enroll them in these free drug programs, and they go from not being able to have medication and hospital readmissions, ER visits, to now having, you know, a year supply of medication, having their diabetes controlled, and they can live a full life and uh, not have to worry about Going so, to the ER so, and, and so the in hospital. that case, in that case, you go from two thousand dollars a month to zero. But I presume that's not every case. What what would be a, another kind of example of the kind of savings that are available? Uh, well, I think of asthma medication. So that's another high cost drug, and um, you know, a, a long term inhaler um, might cost three hundred, three hundred fifty dollars a month. 
and that's also a life-saving medication. So we can get that for free for people as well. Um, so that would be another what, example. What is what is what qualifies it to be free? Do, is it an income requirement, or how does that? How do you get to free? It is. Um, so the main way we get people their medication for free is through these free programs through the pharmaceutical companies, and those are based on income. Uh, and in, it's usually 250% of the federal poverty level, which for uh, a single person would be making $2,530 a month, could qualify. But all the companies have different income guidelines, and that's why we're here is to sort of sort that out for people. Um, but also we're doing... Um, a lot of education on $4 generics as well. So it's not only the free drug programs, although that's what we utilize the most. Now, um, what do you mean when you say $4 generics? Yeah, so um, at, a, at most major pharmacies, um, there is $4 or $5 generic alternatives available. So when we're talking to somebody and they're on a name brand medication and we know there's a generic alternative that they could get for $5 a month versus a couple hundred dollars a month, we'll advise them to talk to their doctor's office to see if they can switch. So, so the, now I guess I'm sure listeners are saying, you know, how do I, how do I get in on this? Who, who do they call? How do they know uh, where, where to reach you or to reach your program to get this kind of uh, information? Yeah, so they can give us a call. We have a 1-800 number, 1-877-275-1787. Anywhere in the state, they can call that number, and they'll uh, be connected to one of our screening specialists that will take down their information and their list of medication, and they will go through each medication to see how they can get uh, the most affordable price or to get it for free. So you're basically, and, and is there any charge for your service? No. So you're, you're a consultant, basically, to the people of Maine who uh, are faced with uh, overwhelming drug costs. And there may, they, I think what you're telling me is that there may well be help uh, if people uh, know how to access it. Yes, absolutely. And then is there a paperwork process that is involved with these various programs? And do you guys help with that? We do. So we essentially have case management services. So if once somebody's enrolled in our program, we keep them on our caseload as long as they need help. That can be one year, two years, or more, as long as they continue to qualify for these free programs. And we are the middleman between um, the patient, the doctor's office, and the pharmaceutical company. So we get all the financial documents uh, from the enrollee that would be like a tax return or pay stubs or a Social Security award letter, things like that. And then we get the prescription and the signature from the doctor, and we get all of that together and send it to the pharmaceutical company and advocate on their behalf. So just to be clear, in order to qualify or to find uh, significant savings, you don't necessarily have to be low income and you don't necessarily have to be uninsured. Uh, the advice would be anybody that is on a prescription that's uh, expensive should at least ask about what, what their uh, less expensive options might be. Is that, is that fair? That's true. A lot of people think, well, I already have insurance or I make too much money, but Anyone that is having trouble affording their medication should give us a call. Another population I just want to mention is uh, people on Medicare that hit the donut hole. There's also programs available for them. And that, uh, that would also help. By the way, give me that 800 number again. 
1-877-275-1787. Well, that's, a, that's going to be a useful number, it seems to me. And, and did you say, although your, your uh, offices are uh, toward the southern part of the state, people can call in from anywhere and you can have consultations on the phone, is that right? That's right. Anybody, anybody in Maine. That's right. Uh, and uh, how many people do you suppose you, you all are serving in a, in a given year at this point? Well, the program started in 2005, and we've spoken to over 14,000 people since then and enrolled over 9,000. 9, um, currently, right now, we have 1,500 active enrollees. And uh, I take it you can, uh, you're not, the, the enrollment isn't closed, that uh, you have a space for additional people who are interested. Yes, absolutely. And and how do we expand what you're doing? Or can you, could your organization expand to cover the whole state? Or should we have other uh, uh, hospital-based programs like this in Maine? How do we, uh, how do we get this to, out to everybody? Yeah, well, we are a statewide program, um, and there are other um, medication assistance programs throughout the state located in different parts of the state that we are not in. Um, so I could get you a list of those. Well, I, I think I just think it's important, and and uh, because this is, as I said at the outset, this is one of the most serious issues. As I travel the state and talk to people uh, that I hear about all the time, particularly among among seniors, uh, even though there's the Medicare drug benefit, sometimes as you say, it hits you hit the donut hole where you don't have the coverage, or uh, it just doesn't cover uh, the full expenses. Uh, and how many people you you have uh, you have? I presume you're you're not the only one answering all these calls. That's right. We have. Ten uh, team members located within those counties that I mentioned before, and then uh, and and you and you take calls. Uh, and is this you're part of Maine Health, which is the parent of of uh, Maine Med? Is that right? Yeah, Maine Health is sort of the umbrella organization over its member hospitals, which Maine Medical Center is one. Do you? How do you reach out to the public? How do people know about you, other than uh, those millions who are listening to us right now? Sure. Well, we're always. I, doing I wish it were millions, by the way, but you know, a little, <laughs> little exaggeration. Well, we are. We're always uh, looking for outreach opportunities like this, um, and you know, just making sure we have our brochures up um, at local town offices, DHHS. Uh, buildings, GA offices, general assistant offices at the different towns, and of course at the practices and hospitals. Um, but we're always looking for opportunities to get the word out. I think this is such a valuable service, and the the uh, the savings are just right there to be had. I, I I would hope that perhaps we could have our TV stations do public service announcements. I mean, I don't want to swamp you, but uh, boy, uh, what you're doing is so important and so uh, and so needed. Sure. Yeah, and Channel 6 just um, had a story on uh, Med Access and shared it on their Facebook page, and it was shared, I think, over 700 times from there. So 
That's great. Well, I'll be sure it gets on it gets on my Facebook page, and and uh, we'll we'll get the word out because uh, what you're doing, Sarah, is really uh, a fantastic service, and uh, and uh, hopefully we're going to get the word out to as many people in Maine as as can uh, can utilize the service. But I think the important thing to emphasize is there may be savings to be had even if you don't fit into a particular group of needing life-saving medicine or being low income or being seniors, this is available to anybody and there's great potential for savings uh, uh, that people are just not aware of. Yes, that's right. Well, Sarah, thank you for what you're doing. It's a great service to Maine people and uh, we'll continue to be in touch and, and please let me know if there's anything I can do uh, to help. And, and uh, congratulations to Maine Health for, for sponsoring this program. I think it's a great, uh, a great public service to the state and appreciate your taking time with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks again for Sarah Jones from MedAccess for joining us, and thanks to her for all the work she's doing to help Maine people with high drug prices. We'll be back. Don't go away. Welcome back to Inside Maine. Today we're talking about one of the most serious issues facing virtually everyone in the state, and that's high prescription drug prices. What we can do about them. We just talked to Sarah Jones of Med Access, uh, and she gave us an 800 number that can be called. And anybody in Maine should call that number if they're having trouble with uh, paying for their for their medications, because there may be uh, cheaper alternatives, there may be generics, there may be programs that you don't know about. About and uh, Med Access is at 877 275 1787. The year the Constitution was written, 1787. 877 275 1787. That's a number everybody should have uh, that could uh, add up to uh, cheaper, less uh, onerous uh, drug prices for you and your family. Now we're going to talk about another aspect of this problem, and that is the national policy debate about how we bring down drug prices. And with us is Trish Riley, who is currently the executive. Executive Director of the National Academy for State Health Policy. Uh, it's a nonprofit. It's based in Maine. Uh, she helped build it up in the 80s and 90s. Trish is one of the most knowledgeable people in Maine about health policy generally that I know. And Trish, I have to, I have to tell you, I remember running into you in a restaurant in Brunswick right after the Medicare drug benefit passed, and saying, "Is it true that pe- that the Congress can't negotiate for a?" bulk discount on the millions of doses of drugs that are being bought for uh, seniors through Medicare. And you said, yep, that's what the law says. And both of us scratched our heads. And here we are almost, what, 15 <laughs> years later, same play. same problem. So give me some ideas. What are some, I'm working on a bunch of things down here, and I want to talk about different ones. But if you had to pick uh, two or three strategies to start uh, tackling this problem, where would you begin? Well, I think one of the challenges, and thank you very much for this opportunity. It's wonderful to see your leadership on such an important issue. Um, one of the challenges is that drug companies can price whatever the market bears. It's a very much a black box of just how they set those prices. Particularly when they have a patent, which is a kind of monopoly. 
Right, right. And they can set a high price. They then negotiate rebates that are in secret. And there's a supply chain where lots of pe- people have their fingers in the pie. Um, there are middlemen all the way through the process. So I think step one is transparency to begin to have a better understanding of just how the industry sets these prices. Um, in fact, in the president's proposal, which I think was, didn't go as far as people had hoped, there is a provision whereby the Department of Health and Human Services is beginning to post the, the, the prices of drugs in Medicare and Medicaid, but that pricing is based on paid claims, so it's years old. And given the speed and unpredictability with which prices increase, it would be, I think, terrific if the Congress and the administration could figure out a way to get that transparency posted in more time-sensitive. Well, in current, this in this day and price. age, in this day and age, we ought to have totally up-to-date prices. I mean, it, it's happening on a on a daily basis. By by the way, speaking of transparency, I I have a bill in that uh, I don't think is too popular in the industry. You know where we have all these ads on TV to buy these fancy drugs. Uh, my amendment's very simple, that they have to put the price on the ad. Uh, so when you I see this... a terrific idea. Now, the, pr- the price is, of course, not what anybody pays. But of course, exactly but, this, but at least the sticker price, at least, at least it gives you an idea, and you see this great drug, and you say, oh, that's terrific. And then if it said, and this is $14,000 a month, you know, that would be a bit of information consumers ought to have. Absolutely. I think it's a great, it's a step forward. Everything we can do to help uh, consumers understand and to understand that drug pricing is, it's a good example. It's not a whole lot different than automobile shopping. There's a sticker price, but it isn't what people pay. Um, and and yet it's just, uh, just simply too high. We also have a... Um, the other kind of activity that's underway is demonstrations in the states. It does seem, it does seem like since that discussion in the restaurant way back over 15 years, we still can't seem to negotiate prices. So maybe it's time. Which is which is ridiculous, by the way. Medicare buys buys drugs by the ton, and uh, they they don't. They're, Congress specifically forbade them from negotiating prices like the VA and Medicaid already do. I mean, if just we did a calculation, I with Jay Rockefeller put a bill in that said uh, you had to negotiate just for people that were both eligible for Medicare and Medicaid, and I think it saved like twenty billion dollars a year for the taxpayers. Yeah, and if we can't, you know, negotiation rate setting, there are several states considering um, cost capping uh, and setting setting limits on what a payer would pay for a drug in a state um, if negotiation isn't going to happen. Um, more transparency about rebates, more clarification. There is a really interesting piece of work underway with an organization in Boston called the Institute for Comparative Effectiveness Research, which is looking hard at the value of drugs and saying, here's what this drug promises to do if it's a cure or improves quality of life. Um, here's what we think it's worth. And, you know, in most of those reviews, uh, the, the, the value is high, but the price is still much too high. They've, they're working in New York with the Medicaid program and showing some really interesting, uh, innovative approaches to bring down these costs. And I think there is room for some state activity as well. So we see um, in Vermont, for example, the state just passed uh, legislation that would allow importation from Canada. Now, on I was going to ask about that. 
why don't we just set the prices and negotiate here? But um, we do know that prices in Canada are about the third of the price here, as we all know, in Maine. Um, there have been some problems with personal importation where individuals use websites and get drugs. So what this proposal is, is a wholesale program. A wholesaler in Canada will work with a wholesaler in Vermont and local Vermont pharmacies, buy drugs cheaper, and make them available to all Vermonters. Um, it needs, it's allowed by the federal government, but it needs uh, permission from the Secretary of Health and Human Services, and Vermont is now in the process of developing that application. Well, this is a great example where the states can, in fact, be laboratories of democracy, and let's see if it works. Uh, although I did notice an ad on TV not too long ago that was all scary and black and white, and 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 it was about, did you know that drugs from Canada are, can be counterfeit? And clearly, uh, the companies are worried about this. But, uh, you know, the same drug in Canada, as you say, may be a half or a third the cost of, that it is just across the border in, uh, in Madawaska or Bangor. Right, right. And I think for all those of us in Maine and Vermont, it's an easier understanding Canada's our neighbor. But, well, can, can but you do it? Is there a way to do it so that it's safe, Trish, so that we can rely that, that, that it's, it's not a – we won't be getting counterfeit drugs from somewhere else in the world through Canada? That's a good question, and it's exactly why it's a, a wholesale program, because the state has to prove that the drug is safe. It follows this, you know, it follows it through the su- supply chain. It tests. Um, it buys from a regulated wholesaler in Canada and works with a regulated wholesaler in the United States. Um, and I think, you know, the secretary can't approve a plan unless it, it assures consumer savings and safety. So we think this plan very much assures safety, unlike some of the problems that have been happening with personal importation. And importantly, so, the so th- this is pending is a global at, industry. Yeah, exactly. The, these, the drugs may well come from somewhere else. Yeah, 80% of the raw products of drugs in the United States are produced someplace else. 40% of the drugs sold in the United States are produced someplace else. So we're already importing drugs in a big way, only the consumers aren't getting the benefit of it. Right, right, right. And so it's, um, I think we'll, it's going to take Vermont a bit of time to, to build the, the application to the federal government, but we'll see what the secretary does. So that's not pending yet. They're, they're going to, they're going to apply, and, and the secretary has, has the call, which uh, uh, let me know when that, when that happens, will you, so we can chime in and urge the secretary to, improve, to approve the, uh, the application. That would be great. I definitely will. Um, what else? What are some other uh, uh, other strategies? How about the whole issue of the companies uh, going through these extraordinary hoops to protect their patents, to slightly re-engineer a drug and call it a new drug and a new a new patent? And a, a, a patent is very important to protect uh, the value of invention, and we want to be have incentive for research. I fully understand that, but uh, sometimes. Uh, isn't it true that the patent uh, thing is the patent system is gamed to some extent to extend patents and protect the monopoly? Yes, it sure is. I mean, you have a drug that's that's a drug for a certain disease for um, adults, and the patent is about to expire, and you say now it's available for children, and you extend the patent because it's a new use. Um, and there's all kinds of gaming like that underway, and I think the issue of patent protection is a is an important place to begin to look yeah i think uh, I, I think that's an issue and i and i do want to emphasize that uh 
I think you and I both fully understand the incredible, in, just amazing improvements in quality of life that, that these uh, drugs have, have produced. And, and nobody's talking about uh, saying that drug companies can't make profits and, and earn a return on their investments in, in research and uh, all of that. It's just a question of what's the what's the reasonable level and when particularly you're talking about uh, drugs that people need to, to survive. Right, exactly. And it- and and drugs are an important the the industry is an important investment in our four hundred one ks and our state pension plans, so it's a balancing act. But at this point, I think everyone agrees when one looks at the profitability of those companies and some of the games and the gaming that's going on and the extraordinary and unpredictable price increases, it's clear that we need to find a middle ground. Well, and haven't the price increases been unusual just in the last four or five years? I mean, it's been an acceleration, has there not? It has. It's, it's some, you know, it's, it's in, it's in part some of the changes in the industry, consolidations within the industry, um, purchasing of, of products, um, even the generic drugs. It, it, it seems to be happening across the board so that you can no longer even say that, that generics are always cheaper. Uh, so I think that's, that's where some need for federal oversight and regulation is really clear. So you're you're working your your uh, organization works with state health policy and you mentioned Vermont are other states looking at at options across the country? They are. Maryland tried to do a a bill to limit what uh, what uh, payers would pay for drugs for the most high cost drugs across the country. Um, we've got a price gouging bill in Maryland that basically would allow the attorney general. It's a transparency bill, and when you see a drug which the price of which has increased quickly and unexplainedly, you could take them to court to get more information. It's, it's being tested in the courts. Um, many states are passing transparency bills as well as bills to um, make clear what's going on within pharmacy benefit management. One of the problems states have identified is the middlemen, the pharmacy benefit managers, sign contracts with, with uh, drug manufacturers that make it impossible for them to tell you that it might be cheaper to buy the drug with out-of-pocket, with cash, than it is with your insurance card. And the, many, many states have passed uh, the, elim- the elimination of that gag clause that would allow a pharmacist to say to you, you know, you could buy this drug for $8 and your copay is 20 And And right now the, the, the agreements sometimes prohibit the, the pharmacist from telling their customer that? They do, and it requires the state uh, to to get that information to the public. Well, Trish, do you see a a uh, is there a, a movement building up? Do, do you, is is there going to be some relief, or do we just need to have everyone call Med Access and get the best deal they can? Seems to me we got to work on both sides of this problem. Yeah, I I hope not. And and the notion of you know I think we have to be somewhat cynical about quote unquote free drug programs. Um, the industry is giving things away free for a reason. Um, it's sometimes drugs that are not usually on formularies. It may be um, a a drug would be a, a generic drug would be cheaper, but the the coupon or the discount is for a more costly drug, so it's more costly to the system. And I think we clearly can't keep patching away at this and hoping we can help people's uh, costs. These, as you point out, they're important medicines. They save lives. They make quality of life better. 
um, and there needs to be a comprehensive reform, and I think it has to be around negotiation or rate setting. And uh, I'm glad you're sponsoring a transparency bill. It's a, it's, it's not, it's not enough, but it's an absolutely essential for a step to get a better handle on this black box of how prices are set. Well, I think uh, I think uh, being able to know what what the prices are and 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 compare and understand those kinds of things is the first step in a in a free enterprise consumer based democracy. That's what we're all about. Well, Trish, thank you very much, and and uh, I really appreciate the work you're doing. Keep in touch with us. Uh, you, you know, my friend Marge Kilkelly, who works on these issues with me, and uh, we're always looking for ideas to uh, uh, to confront this problem because it is one that just uh, it's just hitting so many people in Maine. And before we leave. I want to give the Med Access 800 number again. It's 877-275-1787. And if you're having trouble with drug prices, call that number, and there may be uh, help available. Uh, various programs uh, for anybody in Maine uh, can't guarantee it, but there may be some help available, and uh, you definitely ought to check it out. Trish, thanks for your work. Let's keep at it. Thanks, Senator. Thanks for yours. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Thanks again for joining us on Inside Maine to talk about the issue of high drug prices. It's something that we're going to keep working on and uh, hope to hear from you and see you next time. Mm -hmm.